0: You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to episode 54 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and with me as he is every episode, my good brother, the DCAU Review Twitter guru, Liam. Welcome to this week's episode of the DCAU Review. We have a uh, bizarre episode
1: to talk about this week, and I guess it's fitting because it features the Batman the animated series debut of one of the more bizarre uh, rogues gallery members in the Mad Hatter. As we are reviewing the episode
0: "Mad as a Hatter" today, yeah, this, uh, and we'll get into this as we discuss our episode. But I, as as a sneak peek, I had a real hard time grading this episode because <laughs> I kept coming up with my total at the end and I was like, this is far too high for <laughs> for this episode. Uh, why don't you, uh, you have the official synopses of this episode, Liam? When a jealous scientist with a
1: passion for Alice in Wonderland uses his mind control devices to have his dream girl for his own, Batman must intervene. I see. And that is what happens, to be fair.
0: It, it is. And the, these synopses will... Pretty much encompass all of that. <laughs> uh, rather than boring you to death with our version of it, we figured we'll, we'll start reading the official synopsis for these episodes. Uh, Liam, we'll jump into plot. Um, I, uh, as overall, this story is creepy from the start. Agreed. You have a guy who's obsessed with someone who clearly doesn't give him the time of day. It's his secretary, too, which is not something (sighs) we even talked about
1: before we started, but there's also, like, a weird, like, boss-employee dynamic to
0: this that I didn't think about until just now. And just in our culture, with everything that has happened in the last year and a half, and the recognition of, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace, and power dynamics and all of that it's 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 uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable episode for many reasons (laughs) mostly and i think you did a good job of pointing this out as we were talking beforehand in that it's not really portrayed as a creepy type of obsession at the start it sort of morphs into that at the very end but and i think we will give it some You know, give give it some leeway because it is a children's cartoon. Sure. But at the same time, we've seen things like last week's episode of gentrification and drug bosses, mob bosses warring over drug territory, where they've covered things that are creepy and done it in a way that doesn't insult the adult viewers. Yeah,
1: and this this is sort of that line between that type of episode, like we talked about last week you're dealing with, you know, political, socio-political, you know, corporate America's overreach, that kind of stuff. And you do it in a very, like, uh, nuanced and respectful way that tries to actually look at the problem. And then there's episodes like this, or The Underdwellers, or maybe Brave New Metropolis, where you throw some of this stuff out there, but you either don't portray it well, or you don't delve into it deep enough to really, like, explain not just oh this is weird or this is bad but like why it's bad and i think that's a an issue that we run into with with the plot here
0: i would i would agree i think that the character of the mad hatter is fascinating and it's a quirky goofy leftover villain from the 1950s and 60s that is carried over one of those guys Similar to, even though he's made a resurgence in the last several years, Kite Man. Oh, yeah. Or those characters that were added during that 50s era of goofiness, 50s, 60s era of goofiness of Batman villains that have carried over and he has a mainstay and he's based on a storybook character. Right. So it's goofy as it is. It's one of those things where it feels like they
1: probably came up with the like, what if we had a guy called the Mad Hatter and then all of his like henchmen can be characters from Alice in Wonderland and then we work backwards to like his motivations and things like that right and, and the mind control elements and stuff like that
0: and his portrayal in the 60s Batman the Adam West TV series yeah as a guy who just loved hats yes if you recall and he had some mind control with that but he was just a dude that collected hats yeah and his goal was to get Batman's cowl like that was <laughs> that was his portrayal in the 60s Batman yeah. so when you take that to an additional creepy level like this where he's pursuing this girl who just happens to be named Alice. I mean, what a coincidence, am I right? Right. He's got an obsession for for Alice in Wonderland. He's he's interested in the secretary he or interested. He's obsessed with his secretary. And he's gonna try and do whatever he can to sabotage her relationship with her boyfriend slash fiance and then do whatever it takes to make her his. But it's done in such a just bogus weird way and there's so many plot holes i feel as far as like the mind control thing is concerned because he has these cards that he develops and initially he uses them on rats and then within about 10 minutes he's developed the technology to now affect humans with them and they're these giant like Four by five cards <laughs> that he just sticks in everybody's hats, and nobody Alice doesn't have the wherewithal to notice that all of these people have the same card in there. Yeah, he takes her like to temple. a restaurant
1: where he's like hypnotized everyone into giving them like you know the perfect nice night out, and it's like the waiter has it, the musicians have them at the at the restaurant, the
0: chef has it. The chef, by the way, who's the same chef Correct. from Pretty Antoine. Poison, Antoine. <laughs> Making his uh, uh yes. his second his, <laughs> his, uh, his long-awaited return his return to the yes, terrific. Uh, I I just think there are a lot of plot holes in that, and even at the very end where Batman is fight like the Mad Hatter escapes, he leaves him to fight two of his henchmen, the Walrus and the Carpenter, and Batman defeats them in a, a way, and then pulls their hats off. And then he pulls the card and the card in the animation shows that it just has the ten six on one side and on the other side it's just Some circuit circuitry. yeah yes. circuitry. And then all of a sudden they flash to it Batman's hand and it says property of Gotham Storybook Land, which leads him to finding so it, right. it was weird. It was like they cut something out or they figured that they had to rush to get to the end yeah. or something. I, I don't know. Um It
1: felt very last minute, like you mentioned it almost looks like they like superimposed that image over the card, like I don't right whether there was something else scripted or or if they just forgot and they're like oh my gosh how does Batman get to Storybook <laughs> Land at the end right and they're like well we got to put something in that scene because that's the only place you could have figured it out but. It is very and yeah so he finds this card that somehow
0: <laughs> and Alfred just happens to open, r- recognize the card and do the right he knows has a, th- has a picture and a book that matches the poster yeah. that's in Alfred's doing Bruce's work for him again Alfred hashtag my Alfred carrying the load <laughs> um, I, for that reason I think the lack of of real like creepiness that is communicated in the character itself uh, I gave plot a four out of ten.
1: Yeah, I gave it the exact same. Like, it's yeah. it's not good. And like we said, if you shift the tone a little bit, I think it could have been, like, really creepy and really interesting and almost play out like a horror movie or something. Sure. But because they sort of play him more as a sympathetic, like, just lovesick guy at the start of it, it's like... From all we know with Alice and she does have an argument with her boyfriend at one point but like she's a very like normal well adjusted woman who is in a happy committed relationship and he and he's just over there like Mad Hatter is an incel in this <laughs> and he's like like if reddit wasn't around yet but he would have been on reddit like posting uh walls of text about this dumb bee that won't give him the time of day but always goes home to her a-hole boyfriend right like this is it just again it's just it feels it 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 uh touches on modern subjects but not in like a good way agreed uh so yeah i i think four out of ten is a a solid. maybe like, we're being generous I, Even yeah but.
0: E- even so uh, yeah all right, let's move on to our, our next category, animation, Liam. Uh, first first beats on animation? Uh, Yeah, I thought it was okay. Like, I thought it was just
1: all right. Um, There's a little bit of... I mean, Batman's pretty on model, but we get a lot of, like, weird camera angles where it's, like, at a weird... Or we're showing Batman at a weird angle, so, like, we see him from underneath, so we see his nostrils, which always bothers me, or we see him from, like, sort of... The side and it, it his head just kind of becomes a weird shape. Because and I understand that's you're trying to make it look, you're trying to make a 2D animation look three dimensional. I'm sure it's not an easy thing. Uh, the episode was directed by Frank Parr. Um, it's like it's fine. Uh, I guess we can talk about as you know, as far as the other visuals of the episode. What did you think of the the Mad Hatter design overall?
0: Uh, you and I had had to pause in this episode <laughs> because. It, just the utter ridiculousness of the outfit itself. It's the outfit of a supervillain, and but he's he puts it on before he beco- like really becomes a supervillain. Yes. It's his it's his date night. It's it's <laughs> his date night formal wear. He decides he's gonna wear a ankle length blue trench coat <laughs> with a clownish size cartoon cart overly cartoon bow tie with a lime green flipped collar yeah and a top hat bigger than his torso it's (laughs) I, i i get what they're going for but in the story like if I'm Alice and this gentleman shows up to my door, I'm not going on a date with him. I'm closing the door. <laughs> I'm locking the door and calling the police. This coworker of mine shows up to my house dressed like this? Absolutely not would I ever leave the house. Well,
1: yeah, and it's funny because obviously Batman the Animated Series sort of has that retro 1930s look to it, uh in the way a lot of the men are dressed, but their fedora is actually uh, Alice's boyfriend, Billy, looks like he walks right out of the Max Fleischer Superman Absolutely. era. So that's, and so like retro clothes in general, but it's like if they're all dressed like the 1930s, the Mad Hatter is just like the 1830s. <laughs> it's And it's like, and again, if it was one thing, if that's like the first time we see him is when he's gone full supervillain. Sure. But right, that's his date night clothes. And then the next day he comes into the office when he finds out that Alice has now gotten engaged, and he's still wearing
0: that outfit. Mind you, he's a doctor, like a research <laughs> doctor, and he comes to work wearing the same outfit, and nobody bats an eye. Like the the doctor, his boss, Dr. Cates Cra- uh, Kate comes in and doesn't bat an eyelash at the fact that he's dressed wearing this super audacious outfit. Nope. Um. Yeah. Some all. Some. Some. Just some odd choices with that. I felt like some of the character. It, it was overly cartoony. I felt like a lot of the carto- The designs for characters were overly cartoony in this. The dudes that attack Hatter in the the park with their oh, bandanas. Yeah. Super cartoony looking. I just. I I didn't appreciate the 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 visuals and the animation in this. The very last scene was almost enough to redeem it for me well, they're, where they where they in the, you know, Wonderland park and Batman's in the fighting the the villains, the Cheshire the guy dressed like the Cheshire cat and the other characters from yeah, Alice in Wonderland, the Red Queen and and then they're in the the maze of of playing cards and the giant whatever creature that is that crushes jervis Tetch at yeah, the very is there a end dragon in
1: alice in wonderland
0: that's what i don't remember i don't know i'm not familiar enough with alice in wonderland to know yeah. if there was a dragon but man batman was sure lucky that that thing a didn't kill the mad hatter and b <laughs> didn't kill him because he was underneath the kidding. carriage right away uh, regardless i gave a score for visuals and animation i gave it a four out of ten i was not a fan of of the majority of this it, it wasn't there was a lot of Batman inconsistencies. Your favorite shots from under the jaw oh, and yeah. oh, under yeah. the nose of the cowl that were that were awkward. Uh, there was one one scene where he jumps off the top of the cards that I thought was pretty good, but other than that, I was not a fan of most of the animation here. What about you?
1: Yeah, I give five out of ten. Um, so not much difference there. Yeah, for all the reasons we've already mentioned, it's it's not. I, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it's one of the worst episodes we've seen. We're not in uh, uh, fear of victory territory, or or Christmas even with the Joker, or, or even like you know, was it was it a Apocalypse Now Part One had yeah. some real wonky art. I think yeah, it's nothing like that. Where like Batman's jaw gets super big. He didn't have the tick chin in this episode sure. or anything. But yeah, it just it, it didn't feel like the A the A team. The or other the a thing, game the other brought. thing that
0: I felt was. With that final scene, you had an opportunity to go over the top because you're in this storybook land. You had you could have used many more bright colors and outlandish costumes, and it was mainly like a dude in a frog costume, uh, the the Red Queen who was just you know Doctor Gates C- wearing a a queen outfit. There wasn't much. Bizarreness to it, and yeah, I think that that would have behooved that scene a little more if it was a little more outlandish, a little more bright and colorful, similar to how my recollection of what the Alice in Wonderland cartoon movie from Disney was like—yeah, brighter colors, more outlandish-looking things. But yeah, I I, I think I think that was that was part of my disappointment in that. All right, William, uh, let's move on to music. I. (laughs) <laughs> I struggled with a score for this because I I like the opening sequence is really good. The music yeah. from where he, you, re- you know, the character reveal where you find out he's mind controlling these rats. Yes. And then the Mad Hatter theme itself is pretty memorable. Um, but I, I didn't remember it right off the bat. But I think you made a valid point and we go back to the creepiness factor. Yeah of the music is mostly jovial fun oh this is a goofy little crazy man he's just hanging out he's trying to get alice he's goofy they're playing like
1: very like soft romantic music while he's like dancing with her and and being sort of generally creepy with her and where he's saying goodbye to her at the her door and and all that stuff and yeah it's 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 very like i said i not, it's not that the music is bad, and I actually think in the third act, once he's full supervillain, and they switch, they switch to a lot of minor keys, mm-hmm. and even the Mad Hatter theme itself, which had been played very light, sort of whimsical, is now sort of played a lot more sinister. I think that's really good. Um, I think that was really well done. But again, much like we said in plot, and like you just said, it takes so long to get there that you're kind of trying to balance well... Does the stuff that I didn't really like or that I felt didn't fit, does that outweigh the good stuff near the end? And you kind of have to try to find your your scores in the middle of that. Um, I give music 7 out of 10. Uh, I think it's good. Um, I really like the Mad Hatter theme, and like I said, I think the music at the end is is really good. But if this could have been higher if perhaps, again, that and that just goes to the overall tone of the whole episode is that I think a lot of our scores could have been higher if they had sort of just played this a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, I gave music a 5 out of 10. And the reason I gave it middle of the road, and it's hard. We've talked about this before. It's hard to not compare episodes that to each other because yeah. they are standalone for the most part, unless it's a two-parter. Right. It's hard not to compare across different series because they are, while in the same continuity, they're done by different people, different artists, different... Directors, different musicians. You know, it's it's hard not to, but at the same time, it's hard not to compare because we're watching them all together. Oh, sure, yeah. So in that, you know, subtly thinking back, last week's episode had a memorable, instantly memorable soundtrack to it. In an episode that you had zero expectations for. For I gave it a perfect score because the music, I loved it. I was yeah. blown away by it. I was like, I was not expecting that. This week's episode, you have. It's almost okay. This is the debut of, while not one of the A rogues of Batman, he's a B, like a low B. Yeah, a solid B. A, 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 a B rogue. And while once the theme hit, I remembered it, it is played, like you said, in a way that is not, doesn't come off as creepy as I feel like it should, especially based on the subject matter. And I think that was a bit of a detriment to it i don't think it was it's not offensive i i just i feel like there was more potential for this episode and they kind of they kind of missed the boat on what they did or didn't do with it so that's why i gave it middle of the road five out of ten fair enough Let's move on to our last category, Liam. We have our voice actors today. Not a huge cast. No. Uh, just a, a couple of old standbys with Kevin Conroy, of course, and hashtag my Alfred Ephraim Zemblis Jr. Uh, who else do we have in the categ- In a uh, category of voice actors this week?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, we have Roddy McDowell as the Mad Hatter. Um, I like him because of how sort of ridiculous this character is. Mm -hmm. Even before he's a supervillain, he's speaking in rhyme and sort of Shakespeare. He's doing like Shakespearean monologues to no one in particular or to his rats. Mm -hmm. Like I think it works really well for that character. For that character, I think his best episodes are still to come. Certainly, something like in he has a you know the role he has in Perchance to Dream or even some uh, a couple of the episodes in uh, the new Batman Adventures that he's uh, featured in. So I don't think this is necessarily his best performance, but I think of the, the voice actors today, he is the best performance in this episode, and he does have probably more dialogue than anybody else.
0: I, I would say that's fair. I think that the tone he sets is one of a lunatic like we we expressed our disappointment in the fact the way the story was written maybe or not written in the way that the music was directed or not directed yeah. but i i think that roddy mcdowell comes off as a pretty obsessed creepy guy right from yeah. the get-go now in his mind he's not <laughs> in his mind it, perfectly normal i mean you do have a the interesting thing is his dialogue sort of with himself where he kind of fights to try and decide whether or not mind controlling alice into a relationship with him is right or wrong and he kind of has this initial verbal spat with himself as to whether or not he should or shouldn't do that because yeah of, because of whether it's moral or not i guess but at the same time, he 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 morphs into this sort of maniac who, at the end, is willing to kill Batman. And his uh, his his reason for trying to chop Batman's head off and his dialogue with Kevin Conroy there is really strong. So well, I, I I thought he was pretty he was yeah pretty at good the end especially
1: there's yeah where he shouts at Batman that you drove me here, you made me do this, which of course is preposterous, but that's sort of where where his mind is at this point that he's so convinced that uh, that he's the hero of his own story that that he somehow convinced himself despite the fact that batman really wasn't involved until <laughs> very late in this story Absolutely. um at least you know personally uh, physically involved with the mad hatter in this episode
0: does roddy have any other like famous credits that you saw
1: um he was in one of the planet of the original planet of the apes movies okay um and he did a lot of a lot of stage work as well um, that makes sense. Based and, on his and, performance. and a few other, a few other voice actors. He was the uh, the breadmaster on the Tick. <laughs> uh, we
0: have multiple Tick references this episode, do, by the way. Yes, I'm um, pumped. Anytime we get to talk about the Tick animated series, oh, yeah. I'm I'm pumped. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I
1: was not aware he he died all the way back in 1998. So, wow. Um, yeah, he. I think he died relatively young as well. So he was. Uh, but yeah, he was a. Uh, he has a lot of uh, a lot of sort of small roles and things throughout the the 70s and 80s especially and and uh yeah plenty of voice acting as well i think he did a voice on the godzilla animated series of the late 90s as well i would not so. have remembered that existed no not at all that's because uh, i think it was based on the terrible matthew broderick godzilla movie too which is even worse even more fascinating uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, I, like I, I like Roddy McDowell overall. I think he's certainly, as we said, one of the strongest parts of the episode. Uh, we have Kimmy Robertson as oh Alice, uh, who's uh, speaking of the Tick animated series, voiced uh,
0: Arthur's sister Dot on that show, where she played a sort of docile, dry person that was like the Tick sidekick's sister, right. who is meant to be, like, the voice of reasoning for a man who's running around in a moth suit. <laughs> right. So I I feel like I remember her performance on that show being just delightful. Mm-hmm. This... I could not stand her in this episode. I understand... She's trying to... I get they're trying to portray her as the all-American girl, the, the you know, normal blonde secretary, yeah. like, who's just in love, madly Blank in love sling. with her boyfriend. But... Man, I just, I felt like her performance detracted from the episode.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think she's, she's just, she's not very good. And she also has a lot of dialogue and she's asked, there's a lot asked of her as well. Like she's asked to be sort of the wistful, happy uh, secretary when we first meet her. And then she's got to cry because her boyfriend broke up with her. That's terrible. And then she sort of has to play sort of taken aback by Jervis when he first, uh, you know asks her out and then they she and her boyfriend reunite and then they break up again because mad hatter mind controls her boyfriend into breaking up with her and then it's like she's got a lot she ha- they asked a lot of her and i don't think she was up to the task that's fair um so i all right it's not a, necessarily a knock on her overall acting abilities i just don't think she was right for this type of role
0: that's perfect all right, um, so I guess
1: we got to give our our scores for voice acting. Then, yeah,
0: let's let's bring our bring our scores. I gave uh, I think the the this is the highest score that I gave this episode, and mm-hmm. that's because of of Roddy McDowell's performance. I gave it a six out of ten. What about you?
1: I also gave it a six out of ten. Oh, imagine that. Um, yeah, he's good, and Kevin Conroy is good, and. <laughs> uh yeah robertson's not very good and then everyone else is just sort of there so yeah, i agree it's uh it's uh it's it's just okay it's an all right you know pretty good uh performance like like, like we said though uh, a very good performance by roddy mcdowell to sort of bring the uh the average up a
0: little bit agreed all right well that will bring us to our final scores which I somehow feel like this is still far too high for, and we'll talk about rewatchability and an overall <laughs> enjoyment, I guess, after this. But uh, my final score was a 19 out of 40. How about yours? Yeah,
1: mine's a little higher. It's a 22 out of 40. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> rewatchability? Well, yeah, because he's he's a recurring villain in the series, obviously, and this is his origin tale, so I guess it you should watch it just because of that. But it's not a particularly good episode. So if you're just looking for, like, best of the best, if you have a cursory knowledge of who Batman and his rogues are and you don't need an origin story for the Mad Hatter, feel free to skip this one.
0: I was going to say, I haven't seen the Perchance to Dream episode in quite a while. Yeah. But I don't know, other than... I don't even feel like Mad Hatter's in that episode very much. But so not, not till, till, till the, the end. till yeah. the end. But I, I don't even think you need Don't you don't have to go out of your way to see this episode is is what I'm saying. If you know what the Mad Hatter who the Mad Hatter is. Yeah. yeah if you have a, a basic idea of who the Mad Hatter villain is on Batman, if you've seen any of his portrayals, whether you read a comic book, you've seen him on the Gotham TV show, you've seen uh, the old 60s, games. Sixties yeah. Yeah, Batman, Arkham Games any of that then you don't have to go out of your way to watch this episode but if you're trying to be a completist and you want to watch every origin story for every of the batman or each of the batman villains that show up on this then sure pop it in there and i don't know pull out your phone and surf the twitter (laughs) box while you're while you're watching it or something because it's it's it was difficult to get through at times a little bit yeah All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. Uh, We appreciate it. We appreciate any feedback that you would give us on this week's episode. You can always tweet us your feedback at DCAU Review. Liam does a great job of running our Twitter account over there. Liam, anything in particular that you're looking to do this week on the the DCAU review Twitter handle?
1: Well, you can head to uh, at DCAU review where I've already probably by the time this episode goes up announced it, but we can mention here for the month of June, we will be going through or going back to the world of Superman, the animated series. And we don't have every episode that we're going to review picked out because as we mentioned before, like we did with justice league just recently, we kind of don't go in order with those episodes. So we're kind of just picking episodes. So if you have suggestions on which episodes of Superman we should watch, I think there are five Saturdays in June. So we've got five episodes to pick from, uh, definitely give us some feedback and, uh, and let us know either your favorite episodes or your least favorite episodes, uh, of the series that you think would be, uh, would be fun to hear a review, uh, review about. But, uh, definitely tweet us there at DCA Review. Any other any other uh, ideas of what we should review or anything related to, to the DC animation? They just uh, announced recently those new DC Showcase shorts are going to be coming soon. Which nice. I know Bruce Tim's involved with at least a couple of those, so see
0: if any's in continuity.
1: Oh yeah, well that would be uh, that would be exciting. So uh, absolutely, looking forward to that. Tweet us any, anything related to DC animation. Pretty much, you can you can find us at DCAU Review, uh, and we'll be happy to talk with you about it.
0: Don't forget to leave us a five star review on iTunes if you can; it helps us out immensely. And uh, until next week, I'm Cal and I'm Liam, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review.
1: Goodbye.